Welcome to the Resound Worship Songwriting Podcast, episode 62. I'm Joel Payne. I'm Sam Hargreaves. And this is a podcast to equip and inspire grassroots songwriters serving their local church. In this episode, we'll be dissecting the classic song Oceans by Hillsong United, reviewing February's theme song challenge and setting a brand new challenge for March. Hello, Sam. Hello, Joel. Have you just had half term? Yes. Is it nice? Good. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. Uh, saw some friends. Went to London for the day. Nice. A lot of rain. A lot of rain. Yeah, it's been really cold. Rain. I'm slightly over this weather now. Yeah, gets old, doesn't it? Yeah. More sunshine, please. Less cold. Yeah, very good. What else have you been up to? Uh, yesterday we were at Saint Melitus in uh, London teaching some of our whole life worship stuff to a bunch yeah. of students there They're, are they all, are they ordinary are they all ordinands at St Michael no the, the group Ma- that we Michael were teaching Titus. were specifically not the ordinands they oh. were the others did you specify that on your rider <laughs> <laughs> please no. do not allow the ordinands in <laughs> no it could have been it could have been the ordinands it's just the people the person that asked us he's in like looking after the the folks who aren't ordinands so it was good it yeah. was a good time and I have this to wave at you. What, what, what? Dun, 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 dun. How would Jesus lead worship? Now you ask me. Um, yeah. Oh, brilliant. That's your re, rewrite, reprint, rerun. Re, What's the word re, for write, it? Rewrite, re, yeah. So we've completely revised it. It's a book we did about 10, 11 years ago. Yeah. And uh, we've got a video course that's coming out. So I am currently absolutely busting a gut to finish this video course yeah so that we can launch it all on the 21st of march oh wow um, yeah yeah it's it's quite a lot of work but i'm i'm really excited i'm excited to have the proof copy and uh yeah so th- that's that's really good hey that's really and, good uh, listen do like do the proper plug here tell us exactly what it is and why everyone listening to this needs to get hold of it and do the do whatever it is says okay <laughs> yeah well um so Basically, the idea is that it's a training course for worship teams uh, that is both practical and sort of biblical. So rather than a lot of training things I've seen are very practical about, well, this is how you where you stand and how you do the chords and how you play along to backing tracks or whatever. And then a lot of them are more, okay, here's the theology. This one is it very intentionally and it's very intentionally Jesus focused. So it's about how does Jesus lead us to the father and then how can we be more christ-like in our worship leading and then in the video course every sort of second video is something very practical like how do i choose songs how do i lead the congregation how do i work with a band how do we develop spontaneity how do we do creativity so brilliant we're hoping it'll be yeah it's like the idea is like a six-week course Hmm. um if you did sort of a whole evening on on each session uh, or you could just drop the videos in like the beginning of a band rehearsal if you wanted to do it yeah. that way fantastic um, yeah amazing exciting. yeah i'm really looking forward to it sam i think it's a great thing thanks bud pleasure how about you what have you been up to uh i've been mainly getting doxicology ready mm. um so as you regular listeners will know doxicology is our collection of songs on themes of creation ecology and christian hope and um we did a big wide search for songs over the past six months or so and we've been gradually whittling that down alongside the ones that we've written as a group and finally pretty much got it down to about 13 and i'm hoping we can get away with doing all 13 so i don't have Mm. to whittle it any further so that's 
really exciting. We've got um, a few from people outside our group. So the search was well worth it and a bunch that we've been working on kind of for about two years, actually, um, in total. So I'm really excited about that. We're going yeah. to be recording in uh, Wydale Hall in the week after Easter. And we have just opened it up for external bookings. And there are about five places left. There's like one family or a couple of couples or something Ooh. could get in. Um, and because we're going to be running a retreat alongside it, Sam, you and um, Sarah and some friends are going to be running that. I'm going to be running the yep. recording side. We're going to kind of come together and record songs, go off and do fun stuff outdoors. And so I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be great. I'm um, hoping that it doesn't get cancelled by worldwide pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> As is everyone pray. who's planning anything this year. Yes, please yeah. pray against the coronavirus just because of the doxicology thing. Well, yes, and you know, <laughs> and general. all the other very good reasons. So that's happening, but also, um, and I was talking about funding last time, and how I was looking for a crazy idea of five people to fund two thousand pounds each. Well, mm. I'm, I'm well on the way there. I pretty much need one more person. So that's wow. dead exciting. So again, if you're listening and you can get us up towards that ten thousand mark, and then we're not going to do crowdfunding this time because my mum has spent too much money on it in the last <laughs> few years. Instead, we we are going to do a, an advance pre-sales thing. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be less about crazy rewards and me spamming social media, and more about saying I want a hundred and fifty people to buy the Doxicology resource pack in advance. And that is going to yeah. be all the music, all the backing tracks, all the scores. It's also going to be some a study guide with some Bible passages and things you could use to build stuff around. We're Brilliant. going to have a couple of um, draft service outlines as well. I and mean, I know we're going to work on some stuff with you, aren't we, Sam, with Engage? Right. Yeah. Um, so this is what I'm really hoping for. I want people to get it, have a whole bunch of useful resources pay for it in advance so that we can make the thing you know you I mean most of you know the kind of things we make and then uh, yeah. that will get us well on the way to, to funding the whole thing and being able to make it happen brilliant mm. awesome source coolio uh should we dissect a classic let's do it dissect a classic the classic for this month is the song oceans by hillsong united or by matt crocker joel houston and salomon someone or other <laughs> I'm written it down. I remember his first name. Um, I'll check that. I'll put it on the on the notes online. Um, so uh, 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 I'll give us a quick burst. Don't judge me for my singing. <laughs> you call me out upon the waters, the great unknown, the feet may fail. There I find you in the mystery In oceans deep My faith will stand And I will call upon your name I'll also put my capo on properly, normally Keep my eyes above the waves You know it. And then that little the bit everyone really likes. Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders Let me walk upon the waters Wherever you call me dee 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 That's enough, isn't it? If you don't know it, look it up. <laughs> don't make us sing it. <laughs> I couldn't even see the words. Yeah, I think I got it more or less right. 
here we are. So that is, uh, yeah, that's the song Oceans. This is from about 2013, I think, it was written. I found a video of um, the the two two of the guys who wrote it and the producer, I think, um, or some something like that, um, sitting, having a chat about it. And, and this was back in 2013. And what's quite interesting about this this video, this interview, is that they don't seem to completely know how they wrote it. If you if you watch it, we'll put a link to it. If you watch it, it's like they're kind of yeah, like we had this kind of thing called progression, and I was writing, and it's kind of we thought yeah, it's all right, and then we thought yeah, that's called oceans, and then hmm, and then I had a friend, and he said, "Won't use this story," and then we didn't really know what to do with it, and then on, and then basically months later, on the last day in the studio, we we're like, yeah, better write some words for this. It's, so it's, what's really interesting is that. This is quite early on in the in the life of the song. It's gone on to be a you know it's it's actually gone into the pop charts and other stuff yeah. in, in countries. Um, it's gone on to be massive. It sold millions of copies. Um, but I think it's interesting looking back that there was a sort of yeah. I mean, we thought it was going to be good, and it turned out to be quite good. And I wonder if you interviewed them now whether they'd come out with a much more coherent story that would be built as much around the future experience of it and trying to process that yeah. as it would around the the thing itself. But that's kind of that's the story. So they had this this thing, this kind of they had a melody and then they had another melody for a bridge section and so on and they'd given it a name before they'd actually written any words as far as I can tell. <laughs> and then they wanted to call it Oceans and then this um this guy Matt took it to his to his friend Salomon, who said, um, "What about making it around the story of Peter walking out on the water?" And that's what then kind of came out of it, and they explored that, and and actually eventually said so they wrote wrote the lyrics um, very quickly, just on the hmm. last day. Um, and this is the song we now have, and it is fair to say as it is absolutely a modern day classic. It's a song which people outside the Christian church have sometimes heard and cover and and other stuff. Um, and uh, we're going to try and dive in a bit and see what we think makes it work well. Yeah, so I think I've mentioned this a few times before, but I am encouraged by the way that this is a sort of New Testament story uh, because often we sing about Jesus' birth or death or resurrection, but we don't often sing things from within the gospel stories of, of his life. And yeah. I think it's pretty clear to me that that, that theme of you know, Peter walking on the water, even though none of that is explicitly mentioned. It doesn't say Peter. It doesn't say, it doesn't even say Jesus. But I think that the sense of that being inhabited and a sort of like a meditation on it. And like, if, uh, if you were sitting there and thinking, well, how does this apply to me? And what is it? And it's a kind of, it's, it's almost like a, a sung meditation on, well, what it would it mean for us to be in that place of Peter and to step out into the, into the waters? Um, and related to that, I really like the way that it focuses on things like mystery and difficulty. Mm-hmm. So in the first verse, the thing about, um, and there I find you in the mystery. Yeah. Uh, and then in the second verse, it talks about deepest waters, my feet may fail. Uh, and so there's quite a lot of emphasis on the kind of more difficult sides of life. And I think at least when this song came out, that was quite unusual to really emphasize that stuff whereas you know before we've been very happy happy joy joy you know in the sort of charismatic church it's all about yeah. victory and everything's great this was a much more kind of downbeat um and sort of reflective song about well no there are difficult things in life and there are mysteries and there's there's depth but you know at the same time god's grace will abound and god will be sovereign and and so it kind of holds attention there a bit about 
you know the, the difficulties and the mysteries but also god god being god god being there and then yeah. i think just musically i it's quite interesting to me that they came up with the title and the, the music first because mm. i feel like it's one of those things and this i'm really rubbish at doing this but where they've written some music and then they've almost said like well what does that music suggest lyrically yeah and you know if you listen to the full production thing you know the drums are kind of rumbling like the thunder and and that sort of circular harmony that never really rests never yeah. really comes to land on chord one yeah, yeah. sort of it keeps moving on and ending on chord five or chord four or it's 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 kind of that shifting musical feel that yeah. almost kind of it doesn't surprise me that it was the music that suggested the lyrics rather than the other way around yeah you listen to it just as a piece of music and you can totally see why someone said that should be called Oceans. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. It's, and it gives it a cool title, doesn't it? You know, straight away, <laughs> you're kind of, okay, yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good name for it. Um, it is a really interesting place to work from. Um, I, I picked out a few things. I mean, I think that there's just something about it. It's, it's interesting, actually, because it's such a prolific song. Go on the internet, you can find some haters who will oh, yeah. tear it apart lyrically or musically. And, and I'm quite good at tearing things apart lyrically or musically maybe not always on this show but I, you know I, I don't <laughs> mind I can see that but I struggle to see to agree with people who particularly sort of who say oh it's totally banal banal and unsingable I can see that it's not a rousing chorus but I, I can't see that you because of the nature of what it is of the the nature of it it has a meditative nature mm. then it has a meditative melody, movement, harmony, and so on. And there are little mo- moments where it just moves in thirds with the with the bass and, and so on that just bring out a little sweetness to the harmony as well. Mm. I think it is a, it's a bit of a product of the fact that a lot of people would have heard the recording first. Yeah, and I kind of wonder whether if we, you know, there was there was a there was a time when you heard church songs first in church, maybe yeah. only ever in church, played by your local band. I think when people hear this, a lot of people are hearing the recording and loving what they heard on the radio or on yeah, Spotify yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then they, they join in confidently because they've heard the recording so many times. I think if if it was 20 years ago, we probably would have struggled to to, to have this have the same sort of impact. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Um, we wouldn't necessarily sing a song like this because we no. have no means of learning it. What's yeah. interesting, though, is I, I certainly came across this first in church. It was a while before I heard the recording, actually. And okay. I actually found the, dis- the chorus, the, I actually found the recording quite disappointing ah. because it suddenly sounded produced and and mm. and had lost some of the richness of the experience of singing right. it. Um, anyway, a couple of other bits. There's there's just a bit in the um, in the bridge, a really good example of putting ideas and rhymes in the right order. Spirit lead me. That's fine. That's totally normal. Where my trust is without borders. That's unusual. It's a strange way of putting something. We don't mm. say that normally. Let me walk upon the waters. That's completely Christianese in its own <laughs> way, isn't it? But in in an appropriate way. Yeah. And if you say Spirit lead me, let me walk upon the waters where my trust is without borders. It sounds like you've just come up with a slightly clunky rhyme. 
Right, right, but right. When you say, spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders. Oh, that's interesting. Let me walk upon the waters. Yes. You land. <laughs> you see how you, you take land, yeah. the, not, not just the rhyme of borders and waters, because borders is a slightly odd word, but waters is very at home in this context. Mm. But the whole phrase, trust is without borders, is unusual. But you, So you set that up and then you land it in something solid and familiar, which makes sense of it. It's a really good example of um, doing, doing that. Take me deep, and my feet could ever wander. Again, it's not so as un- unusual, but my faith will be made stronger. It's resolute. It's strong. It's a mm, landing mm. place. Um, I think it's good. And there is a lovely way the melody moves in um, in in pairs in the in the bridge. So each time you do one of those, quite often one of them is a suspension either side, and the other one moves with the harmony. It's a lovely way of building a melody. I, I like to use that um, that particular technique quite often. So, as usual, um, we also say, what if they brought it to us first? What would we have pointed out? How would we have uh, theoretically improved it? Sam, over to you. I do struggle with how personalised it is. And this is one of the things that if you read some of the haters, um, I think they've got a fair point. I mean, there's always that thing of like, well... You know, if it's a more personal response song, you're probably going to sing I more than we because I think it is that moment where you're wanting to make it personal. But I think there is some emphasis, for example, and I will call the, the I because I is, you know, the first thing you sing, it's on the beat, it's high note, it's a long note. It's suddenly about an I will call. It's not about and you will meet me in the storm or or I will call upon your name and name or your name being the emphasised bit. Yeah, so I I just wonder if that's part of the reason why people take against it on, and say it's it's too it's too personal or it's too th- therapeutic. Um, and so I was thinking about you know just things like what if the second line of the chorus was, uh, and you'll keep my eyes above the waves rather than the the impression that you get is that I will keep my eyes that it's it's this is about me and me looking whereas if it was just more focused on God about what he was going to do uh I think that that would that would fix some of that problem yeah I think another thing which is sometimes fuel for the naysayers if you like I don't mm. know I'm not I don't I'm not especially defending this song I like it um I don't think I've, I've probably chosen it in worship maybe once or twice, mm. um, but it is just little naiveties of of lyricing, if you like, mm. that mm. sometimes like just a little a mixed metaphor or a redundant yeah. phrase or something like that, yeah. which just kind of sort of and and almost if you could take those away and just tighten them. So, for example, for me, one of the things would just be it's called oceans, but it's not actually really a. About which is fine. It's not yeah. really about oceans. It's about walking out on the lake with with Jesus. Yeah. And so when it, for example, just a little phrase like "when oceans rise," what is that? I mean, "when oceans rise," it's sort of it's out of context. It's yeah. interesting. We're doing doxicology yeah. at the moment. We're talking about oceans rising, but it's a sort of I keep my eyes above the waves. That makes sense. My soul rests. All these kind of things. But it's like the the little key lyric of it isn't quite spot on for the actual mm, metaphor mm, mm. um i think just little bits like that um the, and you know take let me walk upon the waters take me deeper now maybe that's a really deliberate juxtaposition yeah, but if i had yeah. it being take me further than my feet could ever or take me you know something just be yeah. careful of 
yeah. makes, of the of the way you use the metaphor, um, then I think. Well, I always say this sort of thing, don't I? When people bring their songs in in resound and so on, just I just sort those bits. It will just make it just those little things will make the whole yeah. the whole will hold together in so much more substantial way. And you won't you're not you won't lose anything from it, but you could just mm. gain that little that little bit. Um, and I suppose that yeah, just that question of I, I did a little search before um, putting this together or trying to find out about it. I watched the video and amongst the comments underneath it. It, they said, "Oh wow! I never realised it was about Peter. Oh, I like it even more now. And you'd be amazed how many people." And then someone yeah. would say, "How can you possibly not have known it was about Peter? What did you think it was about?" <laughs> and and so on. But th- that's an interesting point that it is taking. There's a there's a sort of a school of biblical interpretation which is allegory, which is taking characters and figures and turning them into allegories of life, uh, mm, sort of things of mm. life. So the oceans become our difficulties. Mm. Um, the walk, the walking on the water becomes our life calling. Our you know these kinds yeah. of things. Yeah, and it re- it relies on a. In order to fully make sense of it, it relies on a certain amount of biblical literacy, doesn't it? Mm. If you haven't somewhere been that little bit more specific. But then mm. I guess to me, yeah, I, I'd be one of the people who looks at it and thinks, yeah, it seems to have a lot to do with Peter walking on the water and then borrows other phrases and generally borrows other phrases from, from the biblical context, from the Psalms and places. Mm. And, I th- and I guess the danger with that is that reading the Bible, if you only do that, it all becomes about me. Yeah. You know, oh, David David fought his giant so I can fight my giant. Exactly. And you lose the context. And, and, I, and I think that, you know, that thing of meditating on it and applying it to yourself is a part of biblical interpretation, but it ought to only be a part of it. Yeah. And I, so I suppose, you know, if, if they could have, I mean, and they probably wouldn't, and it probably wouldn't have been such a hit, but you feel like, <laughs> you know, you want a little bit of kind of unpacking of the story first mm. before the application. Um, if, if it was possible to do that, I think that would, that would probably strengthen it. Yeah. As usual, listeners, we know that if, had we got hold of it, we'd have ruined it. And <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, well, I don't know. But we, you know, you're probably glad that we didn't in, in the grand scheme of things. So yeah, great song. Thanks, thanks, chaps, for writing it. It's time to review the theme song challenge from February. We ask you to write a theme song for your church based on values, a mission statement or something that's very current in the life of your church. And a couple of days ahead of the end of the month, we do record slightly in advance sometimes, there were 71 songs posted. I'm expecting to see another flurry. That's phenomenal. I thought it might have dropped off a bit more than that by now. That's a lot of mugs so far. (laughs) Well, I caught up with David Brackenbury, Forum Dad, who's been keeping an eye on things for us. David Brackenbury, thank you for joining me on the Razan Worship Songwriting Podcast. Oh, it's fantastic to be here. Oh, it's lovely to see you again. Now, uh, for those who are regular listeners, you will know that David is Forum Dad in the <laughs> in the 12 Song Challenge, Keiko's Forum, forum Mum. I don't think Keiko has adopted the title with quite the same zest uh, that, that you have, <laughs> David, but it's good. It's good to have Dad here. And um, David, you've been... I mean, you've been very impressively getting stuck in, listening, commenting, going the extra mile in in encouraging everyone. So, first of all, thank you so much for that. And because of that, um, 
I'd love to get a bit of your take on how it's been going. I mean, I've got in pure stats, I think it was about 71 or something songs that I'd seen so far. And we're doing this a couple of days before the end of the month. Um, so, I mean, that's pretty amazing. I thought there might be a bit more drop off by now already. It's just, just fantastic. I mean, and it's, and of those 71, there are so many people who are commenting on so many other people's songs. It's just so, so active. Mm. Um, yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's brilliant. And, and I think, Compared to some of the other challenges, this really feels um, focused on, on your local church and your local context, and I think that's really come through yeah. in some of the writing. Um, but it's not been limited to that. So, so I think some of us have dropped in the name of our church or the name of our city, but <laughs> yeah. with that reminder that we can actually just broaden that out to, to anywhere, and so many have got that uh, kind of broader potential. It's, it's really, really exciting. Yeah, I, I've been excited, is the word, actually, by this idea that... I mean, we've seen 70 or so that have been posted up so far. Maybe some more will come. And who knows? You know, there's nearly 200 people on the list now. So maybe they're writing and just taking it as a challenge. What a fantastic way to serve the local church by, by getting this to happen. Um, one of the, I think it was Alwyn really early on in the, in, the, um, in the month kind of said, it's great to hear the stories about your churches and what you're up to and, yeah. and hearing different vision statements and, and stuff like that. And then some people have started to post pictures of their churches. So one guy had got... Um, a hope, a, a light in the shape of hope that was mm. done for a special event and then was mm. put on the front of the building, shining down the high street. Um, and just to see some of those um, kind of communities coming to life in our in our understanding is is just brilliant. Yeah. 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 Really good. Um, from your uh, deeper, let's be honest, slightly richer knowledge than the mine of, of what's been going on because you've been so impressively <laughs> involved. Um, I asked you if you'd sort of pick out one or two songs that kind of caught your eye this month and just flag those up for us what have you got for us oh, it's, it's, it's been such a treat this month um so a couple of quite kind of stylistic pieces that mm -hmm. um i've picked up on so there was one um, written by heidi um, and she describes in her context that she's part of quite a multicultural church and um, there's mm -hmm. a large group of foreign students who are regularly part of that community and often their worship services are, are are done in kind of multiple languages. Wow. So her song included part of it where there was an instrumental and then um, on earth as it is in heaven was spoken out in multiple languages. Oh, and it was amazing. just one of those kind of yeah. moments where the hairs on your arms went up. It was yeah. really quite powerful to get that sense of multicultural worship. Um, Cyrus Weaver, um, their church's theme for this year is a year of elevation. And he wrote this quite epic song <laughs> that had about kind of five or six different sections of it yeah. and just kept on giving it was it was yeah. phenomenal um probably each each of the segments in their own would kind of be developed and stand in their own right but just um such a such an interesting take and then um hunter lynch yeah um, just a really good energetic song a fantastic call to worship not not just for his place but for um for many churches i've felt a really strong community element on that if i was in that church singing that song i would feel connected to the people yeah around me which was just really great yeah but there was one that just um, tipped it for me for the um song of the month from the yeah. forum it's like choosing the, the man of the match isn't it or something it's <laughs> it is and i'm sure this might be a controversial or an uncontroversial oh, here we go, go for controversial decision, decision. But, it, <laughs> but it's made and there's no reference to var yeah no. so um yeah so um i've just seen actually as we're recording this he's posted an updated version oh, really? so hopefully it's not dramatically <laughs> different um so yeah, John John Altoft, um, if that's how you pronounce your yep. surname, John, um, just one that straight out of the box caught my attention in terms of a song. 
Um, I think I'd first looked at the lyrics and had been a little bit, I wonder how that's going to sound, because mm. um, some of the comments through the month is, is kind of looking at songs where, um, I kind of said to somebody, it feels like the rhyme's written the line, that yeah. you can kind of see where that line's going. Um, and he'd hooked himself into quite a tight rhyme scheme, mm. and you kind of thought, that, oh, this, this might sound a little bit predictable, but absolutely not when the song comes out. Um, it's very subtle and, and very good. So are we going to listen to a yeah, bit of let's that have before a listen we to a bit comment bit. on anything? Nothing could be greater than the grace of Christ We had earned the judgment Jesus bled and died Mercy undeserving He gives us endless life Nothing could be greater than the grace of satisfies shepherd in our wandering defender in the fight nothing could be sweeter than the grace of Christ Christ before us Christ beside all we That's very good, isn't it? I gotta say, just yeah. John, you're embarrassing us now. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's great. I mean, he's he said, didn't he, that uh, the their little catchphrase, the what's it called, the kind of motto statement, which I like this as well. We exist to exalt, enjoy, and extend the grace of God in Christ. I love the idea yeah. of having a vision that is built around grace. What a wonderful thing. And as, as we talked about it on the forum, kind of recognising that you've got three verses, you've got 12 lines, yeah. but um, you've, you've given over six of those lines to the repeated, nothing could be greater than the grace, nothing could be sweeter. Yeah. So those six lines that you have left have to absolutely pack the truth. And you look at them, we, we had earned our judgment, Jesus paid the price, yeah. mercy undeserving, he gives us endless life. With us every moment, Jesus satisfied, shepherding our wandering, defender in the fight, just... Just so much richness in those second and third lines that yeah. um, allow the other lines to do what they need to do. It's to a, it, this, there's it. a structure, isn't there? That the, the, the repetition gives such a solid structure. Um, yeah. It's consistent and it's feel and, and so on. Yeah, John, that's a great job. I, um, uh, do you know, the, I'll check out one thing I would change. But um, we do this all the time on the podcast, and we like we do it with Matt Redmond's songs, and he doesn't pay any attention. So. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the one thing I might change is just that very in the chorus it goes, oh, "We need for we want the world to know." It's, it feels like it just maybe is it just that those words don't feel like they should be the high point of the song. I want the high point to land on grace at that point because that's the core mm. of it. Um, I can see what, how it gets there musically. It's good. I like it. 
but it just felt a little bit at that point like we sort of head off into into the stratosphere at a, at a certain point and I'd like to head there holding on to something yeah well done John and well done to absolutely everybody um, and I just pray that these songs bless your churches and um, and for some people actually I mean we've got vicars and pastors involved in this and stuff haven't we and there there are people who are even in the process of doing this thinking through their vision um, and trying to figure it out and, and this will be influential um, but yeah what a what a brilliant thing now David um, before you go you don't get a, I presume you've written something um, I did and we've also used it in our church already which uh, oh, a number of people this. have managed to get theirs out already so yeah but, um, i always introduce songs and say this might get changed massively. <laughs> so <laughs> got it's used still to up that. for grabs oh cool give us a little burst then give us a couple of verses love to hear it That's great. I really, I really like it. What I love, we surrender our structures and programs. That's, that's yeah. good. Um, yeah. I tell you so what. That I, came out yeah. of a, that came out of probably a few years back, just before the service started, I popped out and this chap was walking past the church and we started having a conversation and I was, I was mindful of the time. And so the conversation probably wrapped up quicker than it needed to because yeah. I needed to get back into church yeah, to lead the I've worship yeah and, and I said to church it's like that's where it's happening outside not not here we should have been able to worship inside while those conversations were yeah. happening um so yeah whatever that cost is that we would be able to rearrange the things that we're used to doing to to have that greater impact brilliant brilliant David thank you so much thank you for what you've been doing um we're gonna have you back in um a couple of months uh to uh, again to review and also to help us um set the challenge and um yeah until then have have fun writing have fun on the forum and we will see you soon how about you joel do you write something i did i wrote an actual theme song i can play you it's really quick uh, like a literal theme song because we've got a new uh service that we started this sunday for uh, for young children basically on the state where our church plant is half Brilliant. an hour nine o'clock in the morning 
Um, kids are up and running around the house, so bring them along. It's entirely aimed at them, but there's coffee and stuff for grown-ups to sit around the edge. And it's called Perfect. Wake Up. It's the name we gave it. So I thought, that sounds like a song. <laughs> so I tried it. So it goes like this. Oh, and it starts with snoring. You can you can snore as well if you want. <laughs> it's like... <laughs> up it's Sunday morning we're glad to see you here today let's worship God together let's sing and laugh and dance and play what a wonderful way to start the day we could try snoring there again but I'm not sure wake up you're always welcome Got all different shapes and sizes All joined together in His love So come on, tell everybody, wake up Wake up Wake up Wake up, wake up, wake up Yeah! Yeah, there you go! That's great. My crazy little theme song. They really seem to good. like it. They seem to catch on. I won't charge you for the fact that you've nicked my line about shapes and totally sizes. Totally have. From... I totally ripped it off. But I just thought, <laughs> I'm gonna. it's not going anywhere. I mean, this is so tailored to our church <laughs> that I thought I'd pick, I nicked Big Family of God from Nick and Becky Drake. Yeah. It's going to be the next Oceans. Uh, uh, and, it... <laughs> and then me and Nick and Becky are going to come around and sue your butt. I'm going to say, I don't know. I just had this music. I just say I just thought it's called wake up, and then yes from there. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. What about you, Sam? Did you write anything? Yes. So um, I'm in this church that is kind of going through this big transition, and will probably the congregation as we know it will probably be closed down. Whoa! Uh, is that so... a good thing? Is, like, is that deliberate? Yes. Yes. Okay, it's yeah. a, it's a kind of well yes it's a process we're in. Okay. Yeah. And so we don't really have like a vision statement because that would be weird, um, really, apart in the context. Apart from but... closing down. <laughs> you yeah. Didn't, you didn't think you'd go for that as a theme. <laughs> <laughs> Knowing Jesus and closing down. Um, so I was trying to think of, I, st- I stood in church thinking, what can we do? And across the front of the church is painted, this do in remembrance of me. Gotcha. Like massive. Mm-hmm. And so I thought, well... Maybe that whole remembrance theme, because, you know, we want to do something where we celebrate the past. And so I had a go at that. Um, It's very, again, very specific to my church. And I think somebody looked at it and and was like, well, I'm not really sure about this and that and the other. And a lot of the things I I thought he was absolutely fair about. Yeah. Um, But it's because it's just very much for this one church. Yeah. Um, Cool. So I'll just give you maybe just one verse. Um, Coming together, one church and one body We stand on the deeds of the past We think of the saints who have prayed here before us The deeds like these walls built to last We bring to our minds the goodness of God So faithful through all history all this in remembrance of me there's another verse uh where i'm more specific about the table 
and then a little kind of refrain. So this we do in remembrance of you, unchanging God who makes all things new. Nice. Yeah, that's, and then the third that, verse is about good. our town is changing, our church is evolving. Yeah, uh, bringing your hopes and our fears, and the, about this next chapter. You put the actual, you put High Town in. Yeah, like you a... you named it. Yeah. How do you think you would feel on a Sunday singing that, naming it? Would you? We have you we've done it? done it a bit actually, because me and Andy Flan are both part of this church, and yeah. we're really into this stuff. So we've, we've written. Yeah, we're namers and claimers. So we've written a few, <laughs> or like. We've both written extra verses to um oh, to, cool. to hymns yeah. and put in Luton or Hightown or Sam and, and I, Andy. <laughs> I know. We're nuts, clearly, but we um we do like it. And it, it's quite cool because you sing a familiar song or or a hymn or whatever, and then you get to the end of it and you go, and in Luton, this is what we're gonna do. And it's yeah. I, I really like it, but I think it's great, Sam. I think it's really strong. Um there's one little bit like in the there's one bit of melody where you're coming together. There's a bit where you suddenly stick on a note and almost everywhere else you move around. So I just have a little look at that and see oh, whether yeah. I might just make it just a little bit a little bit more flowy. I can't help it. I can't help a little critique. No, it's all right. And there's okay. lots of good ones on the forum as well, yeah. which I haven't just had just haven't had time to like get to, but I think it would change quite a bit if I went through everyone's and, and tweaked it in, in line. If I really like as well that you where it said um this doing remembrance of me you changed it to do this in remembrance of me because it must have been so embarrassing when they got the sign back from the printers and they got this and do the wrong way around. <laughs> Let's set the theme for the March challenge. Let's do a little competition, shall we? Um, yeah. I guess like this. Uh, oh no, because it's in the title of the podcast, isn't it? I was going to get people to guess because I thought they could probably guess based on specifically what's going on these few days. Um, but <laughs> if it's in the title of the podcast, they probably got it. So I would say, Sam, uh, perhaps just get on with it. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks, mate. Appreciate that. So the March challenge is going to be Lent songs, songs for Lent. And I absolutely love Lent. Uh, I didn't grow up in a church that followed the church year. And I thought it was just all about, you know, giving up chocolate, which is what everyone kind of yeah. talks about. Uh, but actually, it's such a rich theme. And Sarah and I have produced uh, some resources uh, called Worship in the Wilderness that we did a church pack and we did a uh, some personal devotion. So we really dug into this. And there is so much... Um, <laughs> Joel is now writing on our little thing that I'm a lentilist. <laughs> I'm happy to be a lentilist. You can get me a t-shirt with lentilist written on if you want. <laughs> Carry on. Sorry. Uh, so the basic idea is uh, the church year follows kind of the life of Jesus across the whole year. And this is specifically 40 days where we kind of echo Jesus 40 days in the wilderness and it's preparation for the joy and celebration of Easter, but with the kind of simplicity and discipline of a kind of 40 day fast period. So you kind of, mm. you kind of, you, you're joining with Jesus and then you're kind of heading towards uh, Holy Week and Easter. And one of the things that really struck us was that when you start to look at Jesus uh, in the wilderness for 40 days, you start to realize that he is intentionally echoing uh, the Israelites 40 years in the wilderness mm. and so there's obviously you can start there in terms of drawing so much from the Exodus story 
um, from you know Moses, from Sinai. It's just it's just a, a huge richness there, and that being like a really defining period for Israel. Um, but there's a sort of sense that actually, although that is you know true for Israel in the in the Exodus, it also just keeps coming up throughout the Old Testament. This this yeah. theme of of wilderness, and it has this kind of double meaning. So on its basic level you know the wilderness was this dry lifeless lawless place it was a mm. you know we we might think of oh the, you know let's go out to the desert and have a lovely time or let's go out but you know this was like the scariest place they could think of can i this quickly was... throw in yeah go on. So to support exactly that point i did a once did a cross-cultural bible study with some people in bolivia across Skype, huh. and we looked at one of the accounts of the wilderness yeah and so we had to sort of go off and chat about it and come back and share our thoughts mm. and we quickly realized how we how literally in their experience the wilderness was full of bandits yeah it was dangerous yeah. i remember that from when i was in peru it was the same you yeah. just didn't go outside the town ta- if you were out in the open country it's dangerous yeah. unless you're in a yeah, very yeah. touristy area yeah. and how different it that word meant to us yeah, uh, yeah carry on yeah no no no. well i mean even my my friend uh was telling me you know he, we, i was talking about the doxicology stuff and you know and we say you know we, we love creation it's beautiful and blah, yeah. blah blah and he said well actually in india um you you fear the nature because the nature is you know this powerful force that you can get stuck in it you can get killed in it so actually they got a whole different relationship with nature whereas we in you know britain or in the west often nature is very safe and very beautiful or whatever and we but you know that whole idea of going out into the wilderness is just you know it's it's very much a place of of death and mortality and fear and all that Mm. um but at the same time at the same time that the bible definitely shows it in that way it also uh, shows kind of countless characters, Jacob, Hagar, Job, David, Elijah, meeting with God in the wilderness. And there's something that God does in the wilderness that's different to when they're in the towns, when they're in the safe places. Uh, God says through Moses to Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me in the wilderness. And it seems like God is trying to teach his people through these experiences of of struggle and hardship. And he's kind of meet with them and transform them and and provide for them. So really all the way through scripture you get this kind of double picture of yes there are scary dangerous things but there's also something to be gained in the wilderness Mm. um and so yeah that's you know basically we just encourage people to go and look at all of those rich kind of stories in the bible uh but also you know start then start to apply it to today of course you know at least in the west we don't have maybe that same relationship with wilderness yeah uh but it's a kind of in Lent, we get this time to intentionally connect with God through different kinds of worship. So, uh, I, you know, sometimes in the year we're doing celebration, we're doing kind of feast worship. It's loud, it's it's celebratory, it's, it's happy. But I think Lent is a great time to do what I would call wilderness worship. So to intentionally strip things back. Yep. And that might look like, you know, for Jesus, it was fasting, it was solitude. It might for us look like silence or simplicity. Um in church worship uh, i know for us we've intentionally in in lent uh often kind of simplified our worship we've had maybe no instruments or just one instrument or you know just read a psalms for worship or things like that um but also having kind of themes uh that come up during lent things like sorrow Mm -hmm. lament confession intercession you know you can sometimes people will say to me oh well when when's the space to do lament in church we you know there just isn't space you can say well actually if you're going to do lent that is a space to kind of connect with some of those more difficult themes yeah and 
Lent rhymes with lament. <laughs> um, I guess it's worth bearing in mind. There'll be some people listening to this who say, oh, well, this all seems completely irrelevant to my church because we don't do Lent. Mm. Either because we just don't really bother or we don't really believe in these feasts and things. They think, you know, and people do hold kind of different positions. It's not a feast, you know, of these, the church calendar and so on. People, different views on it. Um, it's interesting, actually, that I, I check this out. If you if you don't do Lent, you're probably with the first sort of 200 years of the church. Yeah. And then by about 300 years in, it was pretty well established. Council of Nicaea, they'd pinned it yeah. down as a 40 day thing. Um, and so it. It wasn't there right from the beginning, but it actually has been around for most of the church. But you don't actually necessarily. I was just thinking, if you were in a church where you say, we don't really engage with the idea of Lent, nonetheless, you probably will engage with the kind of ideas that Lent represents, won't you? Mm. Whether in this period or not. And and actually, actually, maybe especially for you, you're not limited to, to you know, because it's a bit of a rush on if you want to write something and sing it this time. Sure. Yeah. I was thinking... You actually, it's good sometimes to write while you're immersed in it, and then you've got something prepared for next time it comes around if it's an annual thing. But just kind yeah, of, yeah. yeah, I think just a nod to people who don't really do Lent, but actually, so many of the themes and things it represents are actually things that we want to have in our worship. So writing into those themes, yeah, is w- would be really valuable whatever your context. And there's something you know incredibly kind of needed and countercultural about. You know, I don't know if I've been reading that John Mark Comer book, The Relentless Elimination of Hurry. You know, and he's talking a lot about, you know, digital discipleship and, you know, what do you do with the fact that our phones are constantly, you know, screaming yeah. for our attention and stuff and re refinding simplicity and Sabbath. And and actually, you know, you may be in a church that is very, you know, non-liturgical or doesn't yep. do the church year or whatever. But actually, I bet there's lots of people that are desperately needing some of yeah. this kind of wilderness worship or, you know, so... To, to maybe go to Jesus and find inspiration for a different way of living, yeah. which you may yeah. use any time during the year, but the themes themselves are really important. And if you're in a church that doesn't have this church year rhythm, I bet there are times when you're crying out for some kind of difference in dynamics, just going, yeah. oh, so everything's at the same pitch, the same volume level, the same yeah. intensity, the same velocity. And actually, this is a way of saying, let's change the dynamic. Let's take the foot off the accelerator. Let's look around. Let's take stock. Mm. So, on. so um, give us some ideas, Sam, of things we could pick out. Maybe some bits in the Bible we could use. So, I, I would, I mean, I start with you know those Old Testament meetings with God in the wilderness. I mean, literally yeah. do a Bible gateway search for the world wilderness or desert. Yeah, you'll come up with Moses. You'll come up with Hagar, David, uh, Job, all those, all those kinds of people. And there's just so many rich um stories or metaphors you know sometimes it's isaiah or the the psalms talking about this is what god will do in the wilderness this yeah. is the all that and sort of moses stuff. actually did two 40-day fasts as well didn't he on sinai so right, that's quite yeah, interesting yeah. actually that's another yeah. echo of this 40-day fasting thing moses was another one doing it um which brings brings in that thing of actually it's there's something about receiving teaching there's something mm. about um renewing covenant there's there's mm. so many rich themes you could oh, yeah, yeah. you could bring out of this um there's a kind of there's a sense of um soul searching and self discipline isn't there of, mm. of dedication which is part of this wilderness thing and part of the the lenten um tradition is about dedication yeah. you know, historians think it may have come about as a preparation for baptism a kind mm. of prepare because they they yeah, Easter. Quite common at Easter to have baptisms. Yeah. yeah, I mean, and and sort of related to that, there's the Matthew six stuff about when you pray, when you fast, when you give, and that's often a a passage that's or passages that are used 
um, to think about just some of the practicalities of the disciplines of, you know, s- s- praying on your own or fasting or giving. And that's that's quite important, I think. Yeah. Temptation is another one I don't know, you yeah. can, which you can write about. I'm often struck by the way that in Greek, the word for trial and test and temptation are all the same word. Huh. And they belong, so they sort of belong together as an idea. We translate them differently in, in English yeah. because we've got different words for them. But they hold those together as a similar concept. So, you know, in the in the, in the great hymn, Have You Trials and Temptations, mm. in Greek it would be, Have You Trilos and Trilos. <laughs> um, yeah. But there's also a, a thing about um, that, that sense of looking at ourselves. I was thinking in the wilderness, the 40 years in the desert, there's one of the themes that really comes out, especially in numbers, is the grumbling of the people. Yeah. The kind of this, the attitude of... Um, oh, we want to go back to Egypt where we had cucumbers and other stuff. <laughs> and actually, that's a New Testament idea as well. If you look in the book of Hebrews, the book of 1 Peter, the book of Galatians, they just they all seem to be wanting to go back. They're kind of, oh, yeah, we tried mm. this. new. We've, we've come out into your freedom, Jesus. And we're starting to think it would be much easier to stay where we were. Yeah. And so that could be a theme that you could pick out, pick up yeah. this kind of uh, this kind of restoring our sense of belonging in the freedom in Christ and and resisting the pull back to the old yeah. ways. Something else that will come up if you do Ash Wednesday, uh, which is the beginning of Lent, is the stuff about kind of mortality, you know, that sort of ash, ashes to ashes, dust to dust stuff, uh, darkness, um, mystery again. And again, you could look to, um, you know, various passages, but I was thinking about some of the darkest Psalms, Psalm 88, yeah. Psalm 63, um and yeah i mean we're gonna we're gonna play at the end um the the time for tears song that i've i've written which came out of we sort of started talking about it last year when we Mm. did the when did the um the funeral songs conversation but i think it's really appropriate that we're putting that out on ash wednesday because it is one of the times in the church year where that theme of you know our mortality really comes out on the kind of a, a a justification for for grief and for for mourning so again that might be something that you know if you're a bit more radio heady in your kind of spirituality you might want to go that way yeah definitely so here's a, a an interesting possibility as well it has been a tradition um more in the catholic church um but also in in some other more liturgical churches to to not having instruments mm. during Lent. Um, although I, I think more recently it's tended to be the case. You, you don't have organ voluntaries and extra bits of it. You can have instruments for the songs. But yeah. maybe in your tradition you've said, no, we're actually going to do it with instruments. We're going to have a cappella singing. So mm. write an a cappella song. Yeah. I mean, and in a sense, it could be about anything. Um, yeah. But that would be a, a spin on the challenge. Would be to say, I'm going to try and write something which really carries itself um, so the melody has to has to be melodic. The melody has to imply the harmony, mm. um, and it has to have enough just kind of holding it together, potentially kind of circularity. That means you could actually you could sing it a cappella. That'd be an interesting yeah. take on it, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we could probably say other things, but I wonder if we we could we could start to you know bamboozle people. Yeah. So yeah, I, we'll I, we'll write these down. Um, yeah, we'll put them on the little list. We'll put them in the email as well that we send out to everyone. Um, I guess what I would say to people is, you know, maybe look around a few of these themes, but then just decide on one, you know, see what God's saying to you, see what seems relevant to your church or where you're at and just, you know, go, go deep into, into one of the themes. I, I did a song years ago called Worship in the Wilderness, um, which touches on quite a lot of the themes of, of, of Lent. And 
it's fine but I sort of now I feel like actually I'd rather go into one and do it really well yes absolutely good advice let the song be what it is don't try to make it into everything just say the thing that the song needs to say so You've got until the end of March um, to get your songs in. Actually, you get a three-day grace period at the end of the month, but you do have to get your comment in on someone else's song. And just a word to the 100 percenters, those going for the mug. You have to comment on someone else's song during the month as well as post your own. Um, And then you will get your mug at the end of the challenge. So do get in touch with us, podcast at resoundworship.org, facebook.com forward slash resoundworship.org, Twitter at resoundworship. We'd love to hear from you. Looking forward to hearing some more of your songs this month. And finally, I just introduced the featured song for the month, which um, Sam has already mentioned. There's a time for tears. See you next time. Bye. There's a time for tears and a time. time